Hello everyone, I hope you're doing well. As we welcome you back, my prayer in the Lord is that these brief messages are helping you grow, or at least think a little bit more about things. Despite our exponential growth in knowledge, we don't think very much as a society or people today. In all actuality, most people tend to go along with the flow of things, follow the crowd, so to speak, without really thinking things through, especially on why they do or don't do things. So, if we're able to at least help you think and meditate a little bit more than you're used to, then that's a good thing. Regarding prayer this week, I would like to challenge you to pray so that God opens your eyes to needs that may be around you or abroad, maybe somewhere else. Praying with faith can be a very powerful thing, not only to ask for God's help with other people's needs, but also it does something inside of you when you fervently pray to God. I would encourage you to just observe a need somewhere. It could be a coworker or someone in school that has a problem or something. It could be your neighbor or a friend. It could be a situation in some other country that maybe catches your attention. Something of importance. The idea is to pray for someone else's need. But not just asking casually or, or just repeating. Feel it inside your heart. Pray for someone else's need. So having said that, let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I praise you and I worship you, Lord. Lord God, I give you thanks. I give you thanks for your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I give you thanks for the salvation and the hope and just all the wonderful promises and everything that we have through Him, Lord. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I, I pray, Lord. I pray, Lord God, for those, of, those folks that might be listening to us right now. I pray, Heavenly Father, for their lives. I pray for the needs that they might have. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you may just help them, that you may encourage them, that, Lord God, that they might be able to see and feel that you are with them and that you want to bring about something special out of maybe those tough circumstances they might be going through. I give you thanks because we can trust you, Lord, and because we know that you are there and that you can do great and awesome things when we truly believe and put our hope in you. I pray now in the name of Jesus, O Lord, that you may... Speak to their hearts and to their minds, Lord God, through your word, through your Holy Spirit. Help us, O Lord, to be able to just keep an open mind and an open heart, and to do that which pleases you. In Jesus' name, amen. Alright, today's topic will need a very objective attitude. We don't usually look at ourselves in a spiritual mirror, per se, to see how we're doing. It's not easy, but it's a good practice to give ourselves a real good look. Today we will try to take a good hard look from God's point of view. I would like to pose this question while you do this whole looking at yourself thing. The question is, what does God think about you? Our reading is found in 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 1-6. to And it says, In those days Hezekiah was sick and near death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, went to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Then he turned his face toward the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, Remember now, O Lord, I pray, how I walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart, and have done what was good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And it happened, before Isaiah had gone out into the middle court, that the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Return and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, Thus says the Lord, the God of David your father, I have heard your prayer, I have seen your tears, surely I will heal you. 
On the third day you shall go up to the house of the Lord, and I will add to your days fifteen years. I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend the city for my own sake and for the sake of my servant David. King Hezekiah was in a very tough spot in his life. He was close to dying. When you have a situation like that, it really makes you think about things. I know, because I was getting close to that right before coming to Christ many years ago. It's a very sobering moment when you start getting the feeling that your time is almost up. There's no more avoiding reality because reality is staring at you right in the eye. It's quite an interesting moment when the so-called professionals tell you and your loved ones that there's not much more they can do and that they've reached their limit. Like Hezekiah, death makes you think about what you have done with your life. We read that Hezekiah was not a bad guy, actually quite the contrary. The Bible gives us the insight that Hezekiah was a God-fearing individual. He wasn't like what society denotes as good today. As a matter of fact, by today's standards, being a good person is very easy and subjective. You can do all kinds of wrong and crazy things and still be considered a good person. But ultimately, who should be the one that sets the standard for good? Let's look at it from different points of view and why that's important. Many people judge others as being good or socially acceptable depending on who is looking at them. For instance, many of us could denote Hitler as not such a good person. But once upon a time, many of Hitler's followers thought of Hitler as a visionary, a good person for fighting for a just cause. They agreed with the systematic killing of Jews and many other people because they thought that was right. You want to go a little closer to our day and age? Well, many in the world consider ISIS a good bunch of people fighting for what is right. They are heroes that will be honored by Allah and the afterlife. Most of the Muslim world, as a matter of fact, sees the United States as big Satan and Israel as little Satan. And they have declared jihad or holy war on both. They genuinely believe that they are in the right and most of the Western world is wrong and evil. Most people in our society justify wrong or right by the premise that they are not hurting anyone with what they are doing or not doing. But how can a person really understand or how can they see the full ramifications of their actions? The answer is that no one can really see the full effect of the wrong they do, even if they think they are not hurting anyone. The Bible teaches us that for the wages of sin is death. At some point, whether it happens immediately or after years, it will produce death. Sin produces death. Something happens. So if we use each other's subjective standards, anyone can say they're good or that what a person is doing is right. But that may not really be the case. Also, we're all born with a conscience, the ability to understand what is wrong or right, but that is not enough to help us decipher what we really need to do. It helps us understand in general when we do wrong or right, but not enough to bring full conviction and understanding. And it can easily be run over by the lust of our flesh. It happens every day. People know when they do wrong, but they can quickly allow for themselves to be convinced that the wrong is okay because they are attracted to it. They just go along and give in to temptation. So, whose viewpoint should we use? Well, first off, we can't do anything on our own because we really don't even understand the first thing about the spiritual world and how it works. God had to step in and figure it out for us, or rather, help us figure it out. That being the case, 
it would only make sense that we should entrust or trust in something greater than ourselves to find answers we need. And well, here comes a step of faith. If we choose to believe in God and that His Word is ultimate truth, then we should go by what He teaches us there. The Bible teaches us that we can never be good enough, especially on our own. We cannot save ourselves nor do enough good things to save ourselves. It's just not possible, especially after establishing the fact that we cannot see the full impact of our actions. So we don't have the capacity to judge on our own what is good or evil. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So, God intervened and gave the gift of salvation through His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. Now, once Christ comes into your life by faith, by repenting and converting from all of your sins and accepting Jesus as the Lord of your life, then something truly great happens. The Spirit of God comes into your life and begins to open your eyes. Once your eyes start opening, then you begin to get an understanding of wrong and right from God's point of view. Because His Holy Spirit starts teaching you that, beginning with your own wrong decisions and choices. Ultimately, He starts to help you understand your own sins and He brings those to the forefront. But the purpose He has in bringing an understanding of wrong and right is not to condemn you, but rather so you can shift away from that and actually start doing that which is good. Things that are truly good from God's point of view not from our own twisted and subjective way of trying to see or reason things out. And here is where today's passage starts coming into focus. Even though we cannot justify ourselves by works, or even less, save ourselves by good actions, once God inhabits through faith your heart, which is the center of your being, then good works count and are actually necessary as a manifestation of what has happened in your life, and because that is the real purpose for your existence. That's why God made you and me. For it is written, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. It's not about morality, because that within itself means nothing. It's about doing those things that produce life and not death. God wants for life to be produced within us and in those that are around us. I have to use the word produce because we cannot be good on our own. True goodness is produced from our life through the Lord's regenerating power within us. Our faith in Him should cause us to want to do good things. Otherwise, what then is our faith really about? The Bible also teaches us this. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, it's dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble, but do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? So, if Christ is in us, then something special should come out of us. Good actions, good works, things that please our Lord and help our fellow man. How do we get there? 
by reading, studying, and applying God's word to our life. His word is our lifeline. For it is also written, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. If we get into his word like we should, as a result of the faith we profess, then we will be complete and equipped for every good work. The Bible teaches us that this is a race, not necessarily a sprint, but rather maybe a marathon, if you will. And we have to let go of sin or the weight that's in our lives, with his help, of course, because we can't do it alone. But we should do it because we love him. And because we have come to understand true goodness through Him. Hebrews chapter 12 says this, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We have people watching us all the time. And not just people, but also those in the spiritual realm. Oh yeah, all kinds of eyes are on you. Especially the eyes of the Almighty. He sees everything, even what is down deep within you. Now, Knowing what you know about yourself and your actions, can you talk to God like Hezekiah did? Telling him that you have done good in his sight? Or does God see something else, especially within the very depths of your heart? What does God think about you? Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, help us, O Lord, to have our hearts right before you. Help us, O oh Lord, that our hearts may be full of love because of the love that you've showed us. Lord, you have done so much for us, and, and we didn't deserve any of it, and we'll never deserve it, Lord. And Lord, uh, we understand that it's not about working to deserve something, but rather it is out of gratefulness and just feelings of love and so many things because, again, of who you are and what you've done and, and what you are to us and what you want to do with us, Lord God. Heavenly Father, you, you, you are truly good. Help us, O oh Lord, to, to do those things, to want to do those things that please you, Lord God. To do those things, Lord God, that express our love to you, Lord. And Heavenly Father, to be able to do those things that also help people around us, Lord God. That we may be light, Lord God, in the world. That we may be helpful, Lord God. That we might be the ones that make the difference. The difference that you want us to make, Lord God. Heavenly Father, help us to be able to see what you truly want us to do. To be able to see and understand the purpose that you have for our lives. I give you thanks and I praise you, O Lord. And I just, again, I pray. Just help us to understand, O God. And help us to always keep in mind and in our hearts that you are watching. You see it all, Lord God. And help us, O Lord, that we may not be ashamed by you seeing things that you shouldn't see in our lives. I give you thanks and I praise you, O Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, may God bless you all. Take care. Till next time.